Hey, I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. And this is Forward Farming. Hey guys. Welcome back to Forward Farming. Check us out. We're getting the hang of this. I know. Didn't even like interrupt each other. So happy. Well, we can say happy Tuesday because it's actually Tuesday that we're recording today. Yeah, we have kind of a busy week this week. So uh, we decided Tuesday night was the best night for us to get this done. So here we are back in the saddle again. Yeah. Um, So it should be a good episode. We kind of figured we'll just kind of talk about what we do in the wintertime because I think a lot of people think that, well, I don't think to think about dairy farmers but like other farmers are like oh they can just like take the winter off now that their crop is off and uh yeah you're here to tell us that that's not the truth (laughs) yeah I get that a lot like oh you guys must go on vacation for six months out of the year that must be so nice like yeah I wish (laughs) that does sound nice Uh, I would take like two weeks I mean I would take Mm. a week let's be real yeah winter is probably one of our busiest times and it's so unpredictable there's a lot going on so buckle up (laughs) all right uh before we dig into that should we talk about our highs and lows and goals can't forget about the goals let's let's try um since because last week we recorded on friday and it is now tuesday so that didn't give me a lot of time to do anything It is true. Yes. I was thinking, I forgot we recorded on Friday because I'm like, I feel like we just recorded an episode. (laughs) So yeah, we did. So I'm sorry if my highs and lows are not spectacular this week. Do you have a low? (laughs) Can you think of one? Um, You know, I honestly don't. So I'm just going to tell a story instead. Is that okay? (laughs) (laughs) We love a good Amber story. (laughs) Um, So deer season. My brother, uh, for those of you that don't know, I have an older brother. His name is Rusty. He uh, works down in Madison. He is a politician. So he's a lot different than I am. He's very like uh, a type A personality. He's very um, in control of every situation. And he came home to go hunting opening weekend. It's kind of tradition. And he always, he always, like, he doesn't do anything to get ready. He just shows up and goes. So it's kind of frustrating, but he always gets a deer. He always gets a buck whenever he comes home. (sighs) It's so frustrating. And it's always like a pretty nice one too. So this year he shot one like right at dark and he's like, oh, it was the best shot. I dropped him. I must've hit him like right in the heart. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. So my dad, and, and then he doesn't do anything to like help clean it or anything. He just shoots it and then goes home. Kind of. Does he eat it? Not really. Like if we get sticks or stuff, like he'll eat the sticks and sausage, but it's real murdery. Um, anyway. At least you get the meat from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I, I help my dad clean it and whatever. So my dad and I were skinning it and we couldn't find a hole anywhere. Like we cut up like pretty high on the neck and we, we got it all the way down. And I'm like, I didn't see a hole. Did you see a hole? Like there was no blood, like nothing. Like, did he just give it a heart attack and it died? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, we couldn't find a hole. And like, I got the pelt and I like looked all over. I couldn't find anything. And then, uh, my dad was cutting it up and he said that like 
right on top of where we cut the neck, there was a hole straight through the neck and it must've just like clipped his spine and dropped him. And I'm oh, like, Jesus. Oh my God. Did, does that mean that you cut him open when he was still alive? Like, that's all I could think about. I was like, Oh my gosh, this poor deer. I'm going to have PETA. I'm going to have PETA coming after me now. Um, <laughs> but no deer were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> no, it, it, it couldn't feel anything. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was kind of weird. And then we were cutting the shanks because I like the shank. And he found like a muzzleloader slug in his, like in his leg. And that was kind of weird. Oh, so he had stories. He did, this poor guy. And then Dan so went did to you go, call your brother and be like, hey, how was that shot to the heart? <laughs> right? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I must have just scared it to death. <laughs> Uh, and then Dan was, uh, he's going to do a European mount for this, this buck too. And he said, I'm sorry if this is grossing anybody out, but he said he went to like open the deer's mouth and it was still full of grass. So he died. Oh. <laughs> he died in the middle of his last meal. Well, I mean, that's a good way to go, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's, that's right up there with dying in your sleep. Maybe <laughs> Sure. Anyway, that's a. I guess that's kind of a low, but I mean, it, <laughs> at least at least it died. <laughs> at least we get meat from it, I guess. You can't beat venison. No. Well, I mean, okay, I'll take a ribeye over venison, but right, it's still good. <laughs> anyway, you have a low for the week. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I couldn't think of one, and then. I just, I've had some bad luck with some of my cows lately. Um, and today was kind of that last draw that I was like, Aww. why is this happening to me? Um, so I had a cow that calved last week. She had um, Leroy, the calf. Mm-hmm. And she was doing all right. Yesterday, uh, she was down in milk. So they checked her and she had ketosis. So they started drenching her for that. And then today we had uh, our fresh burnt herd check where we check all the cows that have calved. Um, and just make sure that they like cleaned up from calving and are healthy and stuff like that. So we wanted to check her for a DA, which is a displaced abomasum or like a twisted stomach, essentially. Um, Cause when they're ketotic, they go off feed and then that can cause the DA. So we got done with her check and we went to check her. She didn't have a DA, but I was kind of like looking over her back and I'm like, Marsha, that's our vet. I'm like, does she have air under her skin? Because it looks like she has air under her skin. And sure enough, she did. Um, which is not good for cows. Um, The good part, I guess, is that she didn't have it yesterday. So it was like very recent that she got it. Um, So she is on high volumes of penicillin for a few days. Um, And we'll just keep an eye on her and hope that whatever infection, um, the air under the skin is caused by like an infection. So hopefully whatever that is. um, I think maybe it was in the uterus. I I couldn't stick around to like finish checking her out, but if it's in the uterus, hopefully that clears up. But yeah, that sucks. I've just, I've had bad luck lately. Seems to come in waves, but I've also had a lot of fresh cows too. So it is what it is. Circle of life. Yep. 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 But hopefully she pulls through. Brown Swiss, they, they tend to get like weird things. Like my, I don't know when we have a cow with air under her skin, it seems like it's almost always a brown Swiss. And then they get uh, hemorrhagic bowel syndrome. It's way more common in brown Swiss than any other breed. 
no one knows why. Well, maybe there's studies. I don't know. I don't know why, but it's frustrating. But at the same time, Swiss are like the most stubborn when they get sick. So there's a plus side is that they fight like hell to get better. Oh, that's, I just learned a boatload of information in like two minutes. <laughs> I tried to explain it a little. No, well, it- if we don't, we don't. Hemorrhagic bowel syndrome is, uh, I mean, it's basically like what it sounds like. It's not good. The cows can kind of like bleed internally, like usually, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's not good, but. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Anyways, what's your high? <laughs> it's my birthday week. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> oh. Do you have any like fun plans? Um, Is Dan going to take you to Domino's? <laughs> no, I'm kind of surprised he didn't suggest it yet. How about you? What's your high? My high, I got to sleep in today. Well, like I slept until five because I went to bed at like nine, but um, it was nice. I had a slow morning. Um, normally on Tuesdays, I have to milk. Um, because we're drying up cows, but we only dried up a couple cows, so then we didn't need three people. So I stayed home mainly because Joey's on night shift for the foreseeable future. And I was like, well, if I can help him sleep a little bit, that'll make his week a little bit better. So stayed home, um, just had a quiet morning with the kids. Kids are like, they're always so happy and bubbly in the morning. And so I don't get to enjoy that very often. Like sometimes on the weekends I do, but it's just, it's nice to, to be around them when they're all not tired. (laughs) This afternoon though, that's a different story. Right. They were, they were pretty good today. They, they mapped at daycare, but they must be tired because Joe went to bed without a fight. And the other one, knock on wood is like half asleep on the couch. So Hopefully, maybe we'll have a Sophia List podcast. Uh, Dan listened to uh, the podcast today from, I guess, last week. <laughs> and he's like, oh my gosh, the best part was when Sophia just came in and farted. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I haven't listened to it yet. I, I'll probably listen tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, maybe chuckle. <laughs> You'll have that. <laughs> Uh, do you have any goals for the week? Uh, I just wrote, keep it together. So (laughs) (laughs) I just, I have a, like a, a, not even that busy, but like still kind of busy week of like things that I just can't forget to do. Um, Mm -hmm. I've got to go pick up the rest of our pork, uh, which is, it's like an hour away. So it's, I mean, it takes a little bit of time out of your day. So you kind of got a plan to do that. I need to pick that up and then I needed to deliver it. Uh, And my parents got some, and then um, a girl from back home got some as well. So I actually decided that Friday, I'm just gonna, I don't work this weekend. So I'm going to go with the kids and we're going to go home and we'll just stay with my parents for the night um, to kind of see them. And then it's not so much driving in one day because that's a lot. And then I'm also going to pick up uh, at least one brown Swiss calf while I'm over there. So baby, I know. I'm excited for that. But yeah, next week we have our last group of pigs going in. And 
I'm a little upset because they're like the best garbage disposals. And I'm not going to have that anymore, but I've still got the chickens and we actually still have our gimpy pig. So he'll be getting a lot of table scraps. <laughs> Are you going to get more pigs in the spring? I think we will. Uh, I think we're going to try to do deposits next year and get a better idea. Like when we first got the pigs this spring, everyone wanted them. And we were like, oh gosh, I don't think we got enough. And then when the time came, when they were like ready to go in, we started contacting the people and we had a lot of people back out, which was frustrating mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, so thankfully we got all, all of them sold. We kept two for ourselves. Um, but yeah, it was, it's been a fun experience. I think next year will go a lot better just because we've learned a lot mm-hmm. this year, but yeah, probably get them in the spring again and then they'll be ready by fall. Cause I think they, they say normally pigs take about six months to finish. Ours took a little bit longer. I think, I don't know if this is right or not. If you're a pig farmer, you can let me know. But I think because ours are kind of out on pasture, they're getting a lot more exercise so they don't gain weight as fast, but they taste really good. So they're sad. How many did you have? Um, Like 18 total. I think we got two batches. We had one batch of eight uh, and we lost two of those randomly. Like they, we don't even know, but apparently that happens sometimes. Uh, And then we got another group of 10 and all of them did really well. They were different breeds. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but yeah, next year we will kind of go with the breed that did really well (laughs) and then go from there. Do you, uh, are your chickens just for eggs? Yeah, I've really wanted meat birds because I think that, I don't know, no one really sells them around here. So I feel like they would sell good, but we also don't have anyone that butchers them around here. Um, so we would have to do it ourselves. And you can do that actually. It's, it's weird. Like with pork and beef, you have to go to a USDA inspected plant in order to sell it to like retail to people. But with chickens, you can butcher them yourself and sell them. So I don't know what, I don't know what makes that okay, but I, I don't know. I'm sure if we did it, we'd be fine. It's just, it's a lot of work and you'd need like a plucker. (laughs) Have you ever heard about Mike, the headless chicken? No. Are you going to tell me about him? Does he (laughs) live at your house? No, actually no chicken ghosts, but um, (laughs) (laughs) apparently this I don't know how long ago this was, but there is a guy that went to go butcher his chicken and he cut the head off and it survived. Like usually after you cut their head off, they kind of run around, do whatever, but this chicken lived. So he would feed it. Like he'd stick a funnel down like his opening and still feed it. <laughs> and it lived for like a, a couple of years after his head was off. What was his name? I got to Google this too. <laughs> Mike the headless chicken. <laughs> oh, this was in the forties. He lived for 18 months after his head okay. had been cut off. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I wonder, like, <laughs> how, like how he didn't bleed out. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, what? I missed the jugular vein. It left one ear and most of the brainstem intact. So really, he just had a poor farmer that was unable <laughs> to put him down humanely. And then why didn't he, like, why did he kill, keep it alive? <laughs> 
Because it's he when he did when he did not die, Olson instead decided to care for the bird. He fed it a mixture of milk and water via an eyedropper and gave it small grains of corn and worms. Wow. <laughs> the more you know. Wow. That's there's even a picture of him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, what's your goal for the week? <laughs> oh, shoot. I had one. <clears throat> um, uh, oh, uh, I'm trying to plan something for Christmas uh, on social media, and I kind of just realized that it's December 1st, and I just started thinking about it today. <laughs> Story of my life. Um, so if I can pull it off, it'll be pretty cool, but I don't, I don't know if I can. That's getting me very stressed. So we'll see. So winter on the farm. It's not a vacation. No. I'd say it's a lot different work though. Well, I mean, some things obviously on the dairy remain the same, but a lot of things kind of change too. Yeah. For us, uh, it's like our summer is like our slower season. And then from fall until spring is our super busy time. And it's all dependent on the weather out here too, which is kind of frustrating sometimes. Um, you do a lot, like if it's muddy out, like mm, in the winter time? Kind of, yeah. Depends what we're doing, I guess. So like our biggest thing um, that we have to worry about is protecting the vines. So because they're a perennial plant, they have their buds already developed for the following season. So if they can, like right now when it's like 30 degrees, they can withstand that pretty well. But if it gets below freezing, then that's when they kind of, I don't know, like start to break down or that we could face damage in the spring when they start coming out of dormancy. So in order to prevent any damage, once it gets below like a certain temperature, we'll flood everything back up. Um, and then we'll leave that water on the beds until we make some ice. So usually, um, we put like 20 inches of water or like just enough water. So the vine tips are all underwater and we'll wait for that to freeze. And, um, usually this happens around like the new year, right after Christmas sometime in there. And then once we get a couple inches of ice, like we leave the water on for like a week to seven to 10 days. And then we pull all that extra water off. So that ice will just settle right on top of the vines and I'll kind of act as a, a blanket and protect the vine and the buds throughout the winter. And we'll do that process a couple different times when it gets really cold or if it gets like cold and windy is really bad. So I'll keep flooding everything up and just continuing to build ice on top of ice. And then once we have like all that ice made, Usually it takes like 14 inches to hold a loaded dump truck without breaking through. Jesus. <laughs> so once we have like 14 inches of ice, um, we will, we call it sanding. So we fill our dump trucks up with fresh sand and then we'll drive out into the beds. And then we have, it's, it's like a spreader that we hook onto the back of the dump truck. And then we will drive laps up and down the bed that's full of ice and then we'll just spread a thin layer of sand on top of the ice. So then in Do the springtime. Do you like springtime, whip shitties when you're doing it? 
not on purpose. <laughs> my truck is really bad. I have skinny tires on my truck. So I don't, it's more of like a, a road truck, not an off-road truck. <laughs> so I can't, I, I, my truck doesn't do ice, any sort of slick surface. Well, so I'm, I think I've said this before. It's literally just like, Jesus, take the wheel. And I'm, <laughs> I'm a lost cause. Um, so yeah, once, once all that ice melts in the springtime, that new sand helps with, um, pushing vines down to create new roots and, uh, encourages growth. And it also helps vines get a little bit healthier. Um, and it also suffocates any eggs, any bugs that might've laid eggs like in the fall or late summer that didn't get treated. So that sand kind of suffocates them. So you use it as like a preventative insect control too. So that's kind of what we do most of the winter. Um, and right after harvest, like now we're working on our renovations for next spring. So we hauled all the old dirt off from the beds that we're renovating. And now tomorrow we're starting to haul fresh sand into the beds, um, to get back up to grade, to get up all level so we can plant in the spring. So, uh, we're going to be moving sand for probably like the next month six weeks. And that's kind of scary because we have to back down a ramp into the bed. That's barely wide enough for our truck. And everybody's really good at backing down except for me. I always <laughs> seem to go crooked or. <laughs> what happens if you like miss it? Do you tip over? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Solid. Yeah. So like the ramp, it's at the corner of the bed and you like back down and there's nothing on either side of the ramp. And it's like a four to five foot drop. So, I mean, it's not like you're going far, but still. Still enough to scare you. Yeah. You, you get a good butt exercise because you're clenching your butt. So <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, to go back, I just have a question about yes. all the ice that you put on it. Yep. Is it ever like too much moisture in the springtime for the plant or does it melt enough that it soaks in? Um, so the good thing about cranberries is it takes a lot of moisture for it to be too much. Um, so we have drain tile in the bed. So if we do have extra water, that drain tile will kind of soak it up through the sand and it'll just go into the ditch and stuff. Um, so the only bad thing is if we, if everything is flooded for too long, it can, it can suffocate the vines. So that's why like 10 days is our max amount that we want to leave any sort of water on the vines because then after that period is when they kind of start dying. <laughs> so the ice is fine. Um, cause there's like, there's pockets of air between the bottom of the vines and the top of the ice so they can still breathe. Uh, but once they're underwater, that's when we kind of get a little worried, but like last year for like the past three years, we've been having a really difficult time making good ice, which I didn't know that was a thing. But like last year, it would be really cold and then it would kind of warm up a little bit and then it would get really cold. So it's freezing, thawing, and then freezing again. Mm. So that's creating really brittle ice. So we'd have like the first layer of ice that we made was really good. That was really solid ice. But then everything on top of that wasn't holding up as well. So when we try to drive our trucks out there, we'd break through the ice and then we'd hit that bottom thick layer and that wasn't enough ice to support us. So that bottom layer would like, tilt down into the vines and just like smash them pretty much. So then it would damage the vines and you could tell in the spring once you're coming out of 
dormancy that they weren't growing right in the areas where like you could see strips where our tires were from just driving around and falling through. Um, And you can also tell the areas that were sanded versus the areas that were not. You could just see like how much healthier they were. So there was like one bed that we did last year where I'm always a guinea pig. Like my truck is, I'm, I'm always the one that drives out to test the ice for some reason. I'm just lucky in the lineup. So, <laughs> um, like one, one, one bed I drove out there and I got hooked up and I started going and I just started breaking through the farther down I got. And like, we couldn't finish the bed because according to my dad, I effed it all up. It was all yes. my fault. <laughs> Uh, of course. So then in the spring, you could see like my tracks where I sanded versus where I stopped. And you could tell like where I was breaking through and just the damage and stuff. So you have to be really careful. Um, it's it's kind of dangerous, but it's exciting. I think if like they had some sort of like sand shooter so that you didn't have to drive out or like, you know, on years that you couldn't drive out, that way they still got the sand. Yeah. So that's another that we okay so because we have ditches around every bed that's like another three feet down from the bed level um so in the fall we have to go around we have to stake the the ditches like we put like three or four stakes along the side and at the corner so we know where to stop and like so we don't drive far enough over so our tires go through on the ditch so sometimes we'll go out with a with a, like a manure spreader that shoots out the side. And then we just hook that up to oh, a tractor yeah. and we can just kind of do the perimeter of the bed. Um, and that doesn't hold as much weight as a dump truck does. So sometimes if the ice is kind of not great for trucks, we can go out there with a spreader, um, but we only have one. So it takes a really long time. So yeah. it can be done. It's just a pain. So yeah, in a, in a very quick nutshell, that's what we do all winter. So we're moving a lot of water. We are chipping a lot of ice to move water. So pulling boards uh, to allow the water in and out. All that other fun stuff. I'll talk about it as we go, but. That's kind of nice at like your least busy time. I mean, I know you still do a lot in the summertime, but like you can kind of enjoy the nice weather then mm-hmm. in the summer and just keep your mind off of things in the winter. Hopefully winter goes fast for you then. <laughs> well (laughs) winter is like winter for us is like november through april sometimes may that's a long winter (laughs) yeah i don't do cold weather no no and it's always like the coldest days when we're outside like doing physical labor too of course yeah (laughs) (laughs) It's things you don't know you signed up for. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's we're not there yet. It's fine. (laughs) So how about you? Does anything really drastically change for you in the winter? I feel like I should only speak on the calf side of things. I know obviously um, a lot of people right now are starting to haul manure um, now that the crops are off and they can replenish those nutrients and stuff with manure um but I have nothing to do with that so with the calf side of things um we slow down a little bit in the winter time feeding calves kind of becomes more work with what you have to do but there's less calves so it usually goes a little bit faster um so one of the things that we do is that we don't have any of our heifer calves in the winter time 
only our cows. So we right there pretty much have half the calves that we normally would. Um, the way we breed them, they don't calve from December 1st through March 1st. Um, and we do this because, uh, well, when heifers calve in the wintertime, they've usually got smaller calves just because they're not full grown yet. So they're just smaller off the bat. So those calves are smaller. They have less body fat on them. It's harder to keep them warm. And it's just, it's harder to, to keep the calves healthy and when it's super cold out. And then another reason is um, heifers don't have like the greatest teat health, you know, as their udders developing in the wintertime, just a lot of things can go wrong. And um, we were having issues with like frostbitten teats and stuff. Ouch. So yeah, and it's no, yeah, it's not fun to try and milk that because you can imagine that is painful for them. So um, I can't think of how long that we haven't calved in heifers. It's been quite a long time, but ever since we did that, the heifers are just, they're so much better. They, they have time to, to just develop well and not do it in the freezing cold. Um, so there's that, there's less calves, um, but it does kind of become more work with the calves when they're born, they get licked off a little bit and then they go into our calf warmer, which is like a, we call it a, it's like a calf oven. Um, what it is, is uh, kind of just a big, I posted about it on my Instagram before, but it's a big like barrel almost. Um, and it's got a graded floor and then underneath it's got a heater that goes in. So it's like in floor heating, I guess. <laughs> uh, so basically the calf just sits on the grate and then warm air circulates through the warmer and the calf dries off within a couple of hours, which is pretty vital um, to getting a calf off to a good start. Because if you keep a wet calf outside in under or below freezing temperatures, you can end up with frostbitten ears and frostbitten feet. And they had frostbitten feet. That's kind of a death sentence for them. So um, there is that. And then another hard earth thing is like watering calves. Um, so we give our calves water year round. Usually free choice in the wintertime. We dump the waters at night as long as the weather is above 32 during the day. But if it gets like really cold where everything is going to freeze, no matter how long you keep it out there, um, usually the calves, they'll get their milk feeding and then we'll feed them water. And then we remove the water for the day and then we do the same thing at night. So it's just, it's a little bit more work because just to water them and then take it away right away. But it's still important that the calves get the water. So we do that. Um, yeah, I don't, I think winter feedings a lot of the times go faster too, because I'm so cold that I'm just like, go, 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 go. <laughs> I get done really fast. Cause I don't want to be outside. So we kind of talked this before we started recording, but like in 2019, when we went through that polar vortex and it was so ungodly cold, like, uh, I got, we got married right at the start of the vortex. And then like that next week, it was here we had 30 below zero with a wind chill of like 50 below 60 below I think at some point and then like a buttload of snow on top of that so how is that how did that change things for you because that lasted like three forever like a month yeah it was long we didn't get quite as cold I want to say we were like negative 40 or negative 50 wind chill 
um but it was cold mm-hmm. i also think though like once you get past negative uh, negative 10 wind chill maybe it all feels the same it's yeah. all cold your whole body's covered up mm-hmm. um so with with the cows we kind of talked about this um our cows are all housed in freestall barns and so they've got curtains on both sides and it was, when it's that cold you know you've got the curtains all the way up and then the barns stay a little bit warmer just with their body heat and stuff inside of it um and then they actually i mean they don't they don't mind cold weather they're they would rather have 30 degrees than 70 degrees any day but um for the for the milking it was a little bit harder because i mean when you had those doors open to get cows in and out i mean everything just wants to freeze up so that was pretty vital we've got a heater in our um, parlor but obviously it can't make a negative 50 degree wind chill go away (laughs) so it was just a lot of um we had uh an extra person milking to kind of help keep cows moving through and get them back to their barn and stuff so that they weren't outside very long and then opening and shutting doors just to keep any of the hoses from freezing up then as far as the calves uh we just we really had to keep them bedded really well keep you want you want calves to be able to make a little nest in their straw bedding so we just had to bed them every few days so that they always had plenty of straw which was another problem then they get so much bedding in their head and you're like where am I going to put any more bedding but they I mean the calves all did excellent another thing we do in the winter time is we change their milk replacer we um, switch to a milk replacer with a little bit more fat in it and that just helps them get a little bit more body weight on them faster and then they always have those cute calf jackets on um and then with the water, we just, we fed all of them. So <clears throat> I should correct myself. Last winter was a little bit different because we were in that calf barn. Um, so like it was really cold, but we were kind of out of the elements. Whereas every other winter and this winter, we're back in our huts. But when it gets that cold, we just water everything with bottles of warm water. And we just don't leave it outside. We'll, we'll let them have it for about an hour free choice. And then we take it away. Other is it freezes but yeah it was just it was really important to check the close-up lot where the cows are calving like a lot a lot because when those calves got out we couldn't even let them be licked off you know we had to get them warm right away um otherwise we would have had a lot of problems but I maybe I blacked it out but I I mean I remember it being cold but I don't like I don't know it was I don't cold being that bad <laughs> yeah I just know I was like, I mean, bundled up head to toe, face mask, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good times. So it's a little bit more work, but it's, yeah, hopefully we don't have that again. I kind of, yeah, I think I blacked out. I kind of forgot about that until you brought it up. Uh, I'm, I'm worried how 2020 is going to go, how it's going to, I feel like we're just going to go out with a bang of some sort. Well, and the weird thing is like the weather's been pretty weird yeah I mean this week it's I think in the low 40s here but like the sun was shining today it felt really good out and I'm like I mean yeah okay it's December but what is gonna happen in January (laughs) because or what's gonna happen in March and April like two years ago when we had that eight feet of snow in March eight feet eh (laughs) at least I think I had to walk to school uphill both ways that year too. <laughs> Probably. I remember 
I don't know if I was in college. It was, it's been quite a few years, but I went home for spring break, I remember. And it snowed like a couple feet. Like I remember the bed of my truck was full of snow and I was like, what is this? It's spring break. (laughs) Oh, Oh, I forgot. We're in Wisconsin. Yeah. Welcome to Wisconsin. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. We got a couple new reviews this week. We sure did. Do you want to pick one to read? (laughs) Well, uh, one is only, I only want to talk about one. (laughs) Okay. The nice one. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. I got this. (laughs) I mean, the other ones were five-star reviews, but I don't think they're appropriate to say on our family podcast here. (laughs) So this one is from Mo Diddley says, I learned about this podcast after following both of you on Instagram. This is the first podcast I've ever gone all the way back and started at the beginning. Ooh, I'm sorry if you listened to that first episode. (laughs) You are both hilarious and each episode is perfect to listen to while I do chores in the hog barn. Oh, well, thanks. Thank you, Mo Diddley. (laughs) I like saying that, Mo Diddley. Yeah, so if you haven't left us a review yet, we'd appreciate it on Apple Podcast for rating and review. As long as it's five star. We don't like those lint liquors that leave us two star reviews and then <laughs> keep taking it back and then keep leaving it again. <laughs> I think you scared them away though, because I haven't seen it in a while. I am a very intimidating person. Please don't mess with me. Um <laughs> But if you guys missed out on the big news, we started a uh, private Facebook group and we also started a private Instagram chat just so we can connect with you guys a little bit, um, share funny stories. Right now in our Instagram chat, uh, we're sharing a bunch of wedding pictures that were taken out on the farm or engagement pictures. Um, So just fun things like that. Uh, If you want to join our community, uh, head on over to our Instagram page. Uh, what is it? Forward Farming Podcast. <laughs> yes, yes, it's it is. It's just Forward Farming or Forward Farming Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's at Forward Farming Podcast. <laughs> uh, so head on over there and just ask us if you can join. We'll probably let you in. And uh, on the Facebook group, all you have to do is just go to our Facebook page and then search for the group and answer one very important question to join the group. And all you have to do is answer if you are the lint liquor that leaves us a two-star review. And if you are, we will not allow you in. But if you are not, you are gladly welcome. (laughs) I don't even think I knew that was the question. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. um, So we'd love to have you. I've really been enjoying that Instagram chat Mm -hmm. so far. We've had some good laughs in it. Um, and if you're not following us on Facebook and Instagram yet, we're at Forward Farm Podcast. And then you can also follow our personal pages at Cranberry Chats and at Farming with the Hillbies. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I would do that too. Was that last week? No, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. When we do a small business. Yeah. Wow, time flies. <laughs> All right, so if you didn't listen to that one, I would uh, highly recommend it. You can maybe get some last minute shopping done. Um, go visit the Google Doc in our bio. Yes. And you can see all the great recommendations. And we still have koozies for sale if you guys would like a koozie. Great stocking stuffer. Perfect. The best. 
to keep your bush lattes nice and cold. Ice cold. Well, that's all I got. That's all we got for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. See you guys.